welcome back to One Giant Podcast. Along with Andy Makowitz, I'm Adam Marbrex, coming to you on the Overtime Media Network and broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. And as we head into a matchup with the Chicago Bears coming out of our bye week, we actually have some special guests on. And before we get to it, this crossover episode of the One Giant Podcast is brought to you by none other than our lounge, the Vivid Seats. This is a fantastic app. You've been hearing Andy and I talk about this each and every week. If you're looking to get games, maybe you're out in Chicago, you want to grab some tickets, head over and download the app wherever you get it. You're going to automatically get enrolled into the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. It means you get credits back on each and every purchase that you make on there. And beyond that, you're also getting their 100% buyer guarantee. There's no guarantees in life. I said it to Andy. I'm not guaranteed to have clean socks in the morning. But Vivid Seats gives you a 100% buyer guarantee so you know the section, the row, the seat that you select through the app is going to be up to your standards. And new users can enter the promo code OVERTIME, O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. With that in mind, we head into a great crossover podcast with The Bear Report, our fellow Overtime Media Network brethren, and we welcome in Aaron and Zach. Fellas, how are you? Hey guys, thanks for uh, having us on. We're doing a little well. It's been kind of a disappointing season for the Bears so far. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, life's pretty good. <laughs> I'll echo that. It's uh, been an interesting season. I, I don't really know how else to put it at this point. I mean, when you're sitting four and six and everybody, at least Bears fans, thought that this was going to be a playoff or Super Bowl contender more the point. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of nice that there's only six games left. I guess that's the easiest way to say that. <laughs> well, well Zach, Zach and Aaron, misery loves company. So you're talking to another team that, uh, while maybe didn't have the same type of aspirations, uh, was hoping that our record was going to be a little better than uh, we are to date. But you kind of segued perfectly into, into kicking things off. Uh, you talked about Super Bowl aspirations for the, for the Chicago Bears. You know, uh, looked like preseason odds were about 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, which was, I think, in the top six or seven. Um, four and six record, like you said, probably not necessarily uh, what you were hoping for. I read uh, a quote today from Chicago mayor and season ticket holder Lori Lightfoot. Basically, they asked her what's going on and what needs to change, and she said two things: one, find an offense, and two, Eddie Pinheiro, find your leg again. Now, I figured I would ask two resident bear experts like yourselves: is it that simple? What the bear struggles have been so far this year? Uh, yeah, in terms of the struggles, it's pretty much been the offense. I mean, everyone kind of expected the defense to be the unit that would regress. Um, they kind of have in a way, I mean, they're still only giving up, I think, 17.4 points per game, which is right where they're at last year through the entire regular season. But yeah, it's been the offense. The offense just has not, you know, Matt Nagy said all offseason, they've graduated the 202, are ready to take that next step. They haven't done it. And then you know, in terms of Panero, it's actually been recent struggles. I think he's like three of six on his last six attempts. Um, he actually started off the season really well. We all thought, man, we found a kicker. That's the missing piece. Let's go. Let's go win the division. Let's go to the playoffs. And now it's just kind of snowballed into what's going to happen next and who's going to screw up next. Yeah, I would definitely, I definitely agree with that. I think with the kicking situation, I think it's been – a bigger talking point this week just because Pinheiro had missed the two, the, the, the two field goals on the Rams game and then the extra point uh, the week before that. But, I mean, like Zach said, I mean, this really all comes down to the offense. It, it's it's 100% there. Uh, 
whether you want to put the blame on uh, Matt Nagy as a play caller, whether you want to put the blame on Mitchell Trubisky as a quarterback, uh, whether you want to put the blame on the offensive line, uh, lack of development offensively with guys like uh, Anthony Miller, Adam Shaheen, stuff like that. I mean, there's there's a multitude of different issues going on here. I don't think anybody can really pinpoint it. If you ask any Bears fan, I think everybody's going to kind of give you a different explanation. But it's one of those things everybody expected the defense maybe take a small step back. It was it's, it's very hard to be able to replicate, especially in the turnover department, what they did last year. Uh, what nobody expected to happen was the the offense to take such a step back. I mean, they're terrible. I don't really know how else to put it right now. They have no running game. Uh, Trubisky has been a dumpster fire, to put it nicely. Um, it, it's just, you know, Matt Nagy's play calling has been terrible. The offensive line has taken a big step back. They have a lot of money, a lot of picks invested on that offensive line. It's, I mean, just really nothing has gone right. So I think, uh, I think Lightfoot is pretty, pretty right. But I would say out of the concerns that Bears fans have right now and, and the list of concerns that the Bears have I would put Pinero down on that list I think it's more of a recency bias just because of the you know the lack of uh, made kicks over the last few weeks but I mean offensively if you're scoring you know 20 24 points a game then you're looking at probably right around a seven to three record right now but since they're averaging I think it's 14 or 15 points a game you're looking at a four and six record which is where they're at right now. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny enough, too, that uh, I think the Giants have their myriad of problems, but Rosas, who was caught fire for us last year, and it was one of those things of like, oh, great, you know, you lock up the kicker, the the afterthought on a lot of teams, and then you turn around this year, and he's certainly had his struggles as well for us, and I feel like pointing at, pointing a finger at the kicker is probably the last thing you need to worry about, no matter where your franchise is in a given year, but to, to dovetail off of the idea of offense has been a problem for you guys, obviously, you mentioned the defense and that turnovers, 13th in turnovers this year, 19th in interceptions, 15th in penalties that they've taken on. So they're, they're middle of the road in a cup in a few categories. And it sounds like you're both saying replicating that kind of style from last year is certainly going to be a tall order, but you know, big picture, if you were to go back to last year, when you make the trade, you bring in Mac, you have to feel like the, the level that he took that de- defense to was otherworldly for the remainder of the season. You gave up a lot for that, though, and you talk about some of the holes on the offensive side. Were you to go back, you look at this division, you know the Packers are there, you know the Vikings are there. It's going to be a difficult road to the playoffs over these next couple of seasons. Would you still make that trade You know, at this, at this point, knowing maybe where you could have addressed issues across your team in this last year's draft? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I'll let Aaron, Aaron go ahead. Go. Okay, well, I, I think it's – I think it's a hindsight move because I think you, when you really look at it, I think going into last year, um, whether or not, you know, the outside people outside of Chicago, Bears fans, whatever, uh, you know, felt about the Trubisky pick when they, when they took him, I think there was at least some optimism that was Matt Nagy an offensive minded uh, head coach and play caller coming in. I, I think there was a lot of optimism that they'd be able to get the offense figured out, that things would turn around uh, under a coach, not named John Fox. So I think, when you when you look at the practicality of the move and you look at it in the moment, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I don't really like to operate in hindsight. So I would say personally, and this is my take, I think that the Bears made the right move in, in getting Khalil Mack. I think the expectation with that was that Trubisky wasn't going to be one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. And I think that's kind of where the Bears are at right now, where – I mean, you can look at teams all around the league, and it's kind of like the Jacksonville situation where you can ride that hot hand one year with a really good defense and a subpar offense. And 
you kind of have to hope things get better. And the same thing with the Jaguars and Blake Bortles. I mean, they had a lot of pieces going there. They had a lot of pieces around them and they kind of had some optimism that maybe he would, uh, you know, turn the corner or continue to turn the corner. And I think the bears are finding themselves in that situation right now where Trubisky's just bad and there's really no way around that. And unfortunately, I think, you know, if you look at it in hindsight, yeah, you probably don't make the move for Mac because you probably say, okay, we should probably sink some resources in at the quarterback position and, and keep those first round picks. But at least in the moment, I think it was one of those situations where the Bears had already been in a rebuild going on four years, and it was time to actually start producing some wins for Ryan Pace, their general manager. Um, and again, unfortunately, we're we're sitting here in, t- in the middle of 2019 realizing Mitchell Trubisky is a terrible quarterback, and now things are just not really looking that well. Yeah, and you can't predict regression for sure, right? Like you said, I, I think – I, I hate to do that. I hate to look back on those things as well because as a, as a Giants fan, you can also look back these past couple of drafts and the choice of you know not taking Darnold, going in the direction of Barkley. You follow that up, you end up getting Daniel Jones, and you can feel that sense of okay, well you check those boxes now and you keep moving forward. I, I tend to stay away from looking back and thinking about knowing what we know today. What would you have done back then? And even coming into this year, you thought Trubisky was certainly going to be uh, an asset as opposed to a detriment to the offense. So. I tend to agree with you, and that's usually just one of those things where I'm always curious to pick the brains of somebody who's like inside of the team and saying, "Do you, you know, do you wish you could have?" But uh, you know, by and large, I would have thought that Nagy would have gotten you guys kind of firing on all cylinders a little bit more. And in coming into this, I was looking over those offensive outputs in some of the games on the, in the year for you guys, and it is that thing, you, you know, three points week one against the Packers, obviously not great. You know, even in wins against the Redskins, 31 is an easy thing to get against a team like that. You go down this list and you see a lot of numbers in the teens for you. And I think in today's NFL, it's certainly easy to look at that and say, yeah, that, that's how you lose games when you can't get yourself, you know, 21, 24 upwards, in, you know, upwards towards 30 points a game. Yeah, I mean, just the offense has just been so bad. And it's been a surprise. I mean, Aaron kind of touched on it in the first question and even the Matt question there. It's like, you know, all the Bears needed was Mitchell Trubisky and his offense to be what top half of the of <clears throat> top half in the league, maybe you know twelfth, thirteenth around that area, and they mm-hmm. probably would be a playoff team. Um, <clears throat> it just hasn't happened, and it's kind of shocking because, well, I mean, it might be shocking to some, but if you really pay attention to this team in training camp, a lot of the beat reporters, all the guys that were there, were saying, "Yeah, Mitchell Trubisky's struggling." I mean, he's he's not looked good in training camp. He hasn't put together. Um, consecutive practices where he's looked good and um, a lot of fans kind of ripped the media and was like, oh no you know you, you don't know blah blah because they based it off of a couple videos they'd see on Twitter that would surface from you know fans in the stands that it, that wasn't the truth I mean the truth was Mitchell Trubisky was bad and now it's kind of like oh man now fans are starting to see it and now it's a big problem for the Bears moving forward well on the one time podcast, while the Giants are two and eight, it sounds pretty doom and gloom in Chicago, but you are four and six. <laughs> so, you know, while I feel your pain, you know, what I wanted to do is focus a little bit more on the positives for the Bears. So, while you said the defense has maybe regressed a little bit and that may have been expected because uh, of, of the amount, sheer amount of turnovers that they had last year, can you guys talk to me about any bright spots that you've seen so far? Well, I think, at least when you look at the roster, I think there's still a really good roster in place. I think defensively, yeah, they may not be the same as they were last year. I think some of that's injuries. Uh, Keem Hicks has been a big loss, especially uh, against the run. Danny Trevathan, um, I mean, that's that's not going to help either. And I think 
as weird as it sounds, uh, the signing of HaHa Clint Dix has been a little interesting too, just because it's kind of put Eddie Jackson closer to the line of scrimmage, playing more of maybe that box safety role, and that's really not his best. Uh, at least in my mind, I don't think that's really his best role. But I think the defense is still there. I think special teams wise, outside of uh, you know maybe some Eddie Pinero struggles over the last weeks, I mean the, the the special teams unit as a whole has vastly improved and. And, I mean, even looking at the, the offensive side of the ball, I mean, Allen Robinson has been a fantastic receiver this year. I mean, he hasn't got the opportunities that uh, he used to um, or that most people were expecting him to, even looking back at last year. But, I mean, they, they still have talent there. So, I think, really, it's, it's one of those situations where it's never really easy or smart to boil something such a disappointment or – a bigger issue down into maybe one or two talking points. And, and, but I think Zach would agree with, with this when I say, I think a lot of it comes down to two things. Obviously the quarterback is, is one of the bigger things here. Uh, I'd also think offensive play call. I think that Matt Nagy going into the off season and into 2020 and beyond needs to give up the play calling, whether that means that they need to get a new offense coordinator in or whatever it may be, or trust Mark Helfrich or Dave Ragone, the quarterback's coach to be the play caller. I think that that would be a big, you know, kind of a big thing for them. Obviously, finding a veteran quarterback is going to be easier said than done. But I think when you're looking at the overall positivity, I guess, of the season, even being a four and six when they're supposed to be Super Bowl contenders, I think it's that there's at least some areas where you can look at it and say, okay, we we know that they need to change these spots. And like I said, those two are the, the big ones. I think the play calling can be fixed pretty easily. I think that the Bears will have enough resources, and I think they could be aggressive enough where they could at least go up and go out and pick up a, a veteran that you know, like a Cam Newton, maybe a Nick Foles, depending on what goes on there, whether they either trade for him or they sign him or, or whatever it may be uh, after they were cut. Um, hey, we got where a, they we can got a two-time Super Bowl winner waiting for you right over here if you want. Oh yeah, that that's a, that sounds like a blast. Well, <laughs> uh, that's the thing. I, I feel like. I feel like as Bears fans, like we just don't. We're never going to see a good quarterback in Chicago, right? But. Again, I, I think, you know, it's tough. Boiling it down to two, two different, uh, you know, talking points when you're looking at, you know, something to be positive about. But I really do think you change those two things. If you have a competent quarterback or, you know, and a competent play caller at this point, I think the Bears are still in really good shape. I mean, I really think it's the offensive regressions and overall struggles that have been the issue. Again, easier said than done to fix. But I think there's at least a, a you know, a path in place that they can kind of move forward with. Well, as opposed to maybe being in the Giants situation right now, so you know, because before we transition a little bit into this game and what we kind of expect between the Giants and the Bears on Sunday, are there any questions that you guys have for us? I'm sure, you know, Chicago Bears fans want to know all about a 2-8 and eight New York-based football team that is uh, just battling itself to a top three pick, I think. So, I mean, I, I got a couple of questions. One I was kind of curious, um, kind of from a Giants standpoint is, Last year, the team was pretty bad. This year, I mean, they, they were bad, but they had that quarterback. They drafted Daniel Jones. You guys knew he was going to start eventually. Um, probably should have started week one over Eli. So when we look at this game, for us, it's like Aaron said in the beginning, you know, we're uh, four and six, and we're kind of just counting down the days until the season's over. What If you go back to, let's say, training camp or maybe, you know, even week one, where did you think the Giants would be at um, at this point going into this game week 12? Um, you know, because ours, essentially, we, we thought, hey, the Bears would be trying to get a win against probably a bottom-feeding NFC team, hopefully boost their playoff chances here. 
uh, that's not the case. But I'm kind of curious as where the Giants um, stand now as to where your expectations were. Um, let's say probably August, right before the season started. Yeah, I'll, I'll brief. I'll briefly give my take, and then Andy, you can jump in. But I, you know, I think coming into it, I, I would tend to agree with you. I, I've always been an Eli Manning fan. You, you win two Super Bowls, it, it gets a lot of a cachet for me, but knowing it was time to move on from him, you draft Daniel Jones, I would have been 100% behind him starting week one. But early on, as like you said, in August, you looked at the schedule, you didn't know how good the bills were going to turn out to be maybe this year. We had the Buccaneers, the Redskins on the schedule there. And then you also had Cowboys, Vikings, you know, Patriots, some tougher matchups. But when you went down the schedule, Cardinals, you know, you get into some of these games, the Jets, there were winnable ones there. You know, I think right now, if you said at you know, 10 games in for the Giants after the bye week, I would have thought that we would have been muddling close to 500. Maybe, you know, right now we're, we're sitting at what would be four, you know, four and six would probably feel like someplace that would have been expectations for me. And then you're just wondering how are we going to fare against a tough defense in Chicago? Then the Packers, you know, all of a sudden the, the snowball starts to kind of roll downhill and you maybe end up looking at only the Dolphins and Redskins games as another couple of wins. So I kind of came in at that, you know, six win mark would have been a one game improvement for us from last year. And you'd be getting your rookie quarterback ready to go, getting him in rhythm with Saquon Barkley and theoretically playing behind a strong offensive line that we thought we had brought in the last couple of pieces and Zeitler through the trade with the Cleveland Browns. We signed Remmers. You thought you had stability there. And that has certainly been, uh, proven not untrue over these last handful of games. Uh, does that sound about right, Andy? Yeah. Well, I I'd like to differ with you on one thing. I oh, did not, come on, buddy. United front on this thing. I, I can. I, I was not uh, an advocate of starting Daniel Jones from week one, and the reason why was because I believe that Eli Manning was getting the lion's share of the blame for an offensive line that hadn't been addressed in maybe four or five years. Um, and, you know, they, they go and pick up Solder, who was the highest paid tackle at the time. They, you know, as Adam said, they, they trade for Zeitler. They, they sign Rimmers. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, we have a competent offensive line. You know, Eli Manning has now kind of changed his dynamic in his career to be more of a completion-based guy, you know, especially under Ben McAdoo is kind of when it started. I kind of felt maybe we'd move the ball down the field no Odell Beckham, maybe get a little bit more possession from, from guys like Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard. I thought Ingram was going to take a step forward. Didn't see Barkley, you know, getting hurt. You can't per- really predict injuries. I thought we would just be more competitive in games. And you could just see early on, and it took two games to see, that we weren't going to be competitive with the offensive line not protecting Eli and where Eli is in his career. He doesn't have enough juice left to extend plays out of the pocket. So, you know, early on, after, after the Cowboy game, I kind of said, well, the Cowboys are, are a potential Super Bowl contender. That's a tough game. You know, you go into Buffalo and things start kind of going downhill at home against the Bills. And, you know, it, it, it was time. It's time to, to change things over and start seeing what young talent can do, you know, for the Giants. So I kind of thought we'd have probably five or six wins like Adam at the end of the year, but I thought we'd be more competitive in some of these games early on. So here's here's kind of what I'm curious about because you know you guys have mentioned multiple times and I get it you know the two and eight but at least from my perspective sitting here you know looking at the Bears being disappointing at least from my perspective I'm kind of seeing the Giants where the Bears were a few years ago you know you guys go out you draft a quarterback I think 
for the most part, I mean, especially as a rookie quarterback, I think Daniel Jones will look pretty damn good. And that's coming from somebody who really wasn't that big of a fan of him coming uh, coming out of Duke. I think there's a pretty good amount of offensive or pieces on the offensive side of the ball um, for this team. I mean, Evan Ingram uh, is one of them, obviously, Saquon Barkley. I mean, the list kind of goes on there. But the one thing I am curious about, because um, you're talking year two of Pat Shermer here, and obviously the results have not quite panned out like I think a lot of people thought they would when he was originally hired. Do you think that he's going to be the, I guess, really the future the head coach of the Giants, or do you think he's kind of one of those guys or maybe they'll go with him for another year and move on? Because it, it's one of those situations where I don't really see it like a John Fox where he's an established head coach and maybe he was never going to win a Super Bowl, but he could at least get the culture right. But I'm also kind of looking at it wondering, it's like, is this guy really – is he really the real deal as a head coach? I mean, this is the second time around. He was, you know, he can with the Browns. He hasn't failed with the Browns. But I, I just, I, that would be my bigger question with the Giants moving into 2020 and beyond is do they have the right head coach? Adam, yeah. I'll start. <laughs> if I may. Uh, I think you really teed us up on this one. So, uh, you know, Adam and I have been very critical of Pat Shermer for a host of reasons. You know, Dave Gettleman, uh, when he brought in Pat Shermer, um, you know, he said, I want, you know, Pat Shermer's an adult in the room, right? And he wanted a guy that was going to be composed that, you know, Dave Gettleman would be able to make all the personnel decisions. So he's kind of got that puppet as his, uh, uh, you know, head coach. Pat Shermer has shown uh, with one of the worst win percentages of any head coach all time now um, that he is not the guy. And it's a, it's a host of reasons. You know, this year for us, it's two things in particular have really stood out. One is the play calling has been just befuddling on, you know, third and 14s running draw plays and, or, you know, knowing that you, you're going to go for it on fourth down and not really thinking about it when, you, when you're calling your third down play, you know, and the second piece of it is his challenges. I think he's 0-7 or 0-8 at this point in challenges. And it always seems like, He's challenging plays that he knows he's not going to win, but he's just hoping on a dream and he's wasting timeouts that the Giants need at the end of games in order to get back into it because they're usually losing in the third and fourth quarter. So, you know, Adam and I have talked at length and I'm sure he's probably going to feel the same way is that I don't think Pat Shermer is the guy. I don't think that removing him from the equation is going to have Daniel Jones regress. And, uh, you know, Adam, I'll turn it over to you. But my, the the, the long winded answer is uh, I don't believe Shermer will be here at, by the end of the year. No, and and so Andy and I had gone back and forth, even talking about defensive coordinators as well, and where this kind of falls. But the, once you draft Daniel Jones, for me, that's where it becomes that much more crucial about who's running the team because. If you gave Pat Shermer a longer leash and let him go into next season, now you're talking about being in year two of Daniel Jones' progression, and then you're also talking about being in the third year for you know Saquon Barkley and some of these pieces around this team. So uh, that's my bigger concern about it. I can almost understand bringing in a guy that you want to just kind of stabilize. I, I don't entirely dislike his somewhat uh, you know Belichick style when it comes to press conferences I think he's kind of no nonsense and he brushes things off and he he's just trying to focus on the team and I, I can get behind that but that being said we've seen far too many situations week to week where he seems to be confused about the point of the game that you're in what's your best route about realizing where the team is currently as far as you know the season goes and just getting your getting your offensive players good reps getting young players better reps um 
And, and I more look at, uh, at Daniel Jones and maybe almost to what you guys talked about, about Nagy and wanting to see him take Trubisky and move into that next step for him and, and create offense around him. That's kind of where I think we are now, where Pat Shermer coming from Minnesota was an offensive mind seen as a quarterback guru, quote unquote. It hasn't facilitated. It hasn't come to fruition. And you've seen too many other younger coaches around the league have success and be up to speed with where the NFL is at from an offensive play calling standpoint. And that's who I think we need to bring in someone younger who can facilitate Daniel Jones, use his mobility better and help get the weapons that you have around him in better positions to have success. And I think doing that as soon as possible becomes paramount so that you don't waste any more time getting this team back on track. Um, Because to your point, Aaron, I think that this is a team that, now more than two or three years ago, there is a lot of reasons to feel positive around them. Still some things to fix, but I think we are trending in a positive direction as we come out of this year. And it's just about surviving what has been certainly a, a, a bad couple of seasons for us. To, to kind of build off of that, my, my final one before we kind of talk about this game, um, you know, you look at the NFC East, you look at the NFC North, the NFC East is pretty much the Eagles and Cowboys right now, even though um, I think the Cowboys are what, only six and four in the year. Uh, they're probably going to be a team that's either going to be eight and eight, nine and seven, and make the playoffs as the division leader. You look at the NFC North, and it's like you got two heavyweights at the top right now, Minnesota and Green Bay. How close do you actually think the Giants are um, to to maybe getting back to that success of winning the division, making some deep playoff runs? Uh, are they are they relatively close? Maybe like one to two years, or is this going to be a longer rebuild? I think you can turn around pretty quickly and it comes down to how we finish out these next six games and where we line up in the draft. You know, for me personally, this off season is about getting the dead weight of Nate soldier off this roster. And then looking at, at a Thomas or uh, Andy's pretty high on Werfs out of Iowa at the left tackle position, a guy that plugs in and starts for you. You also need to correct the right tackle position. Some people like Gates, maybe you give them a run here over the last six games, but there's a couple of new pieces that need to come into this offensive line. You do that. The weapons are in place here around Daniel Jones for this offense to be successful. We've seen them have success on that side of the ball in games over the course of this, you know, ugly two and eight season. Then you talk about the defensive side and that's probably where things are hinged in terms of getting competitive. Uh, You know, there's going to be holes at linebacker. The secondary is very much wide open in terms of what we need at the cornerback position, need another safety in there as well. So there's some holes to fill in free agency. We have a lot of money to spend. So we can address some of those needs if we do it smart. And ultimately, I think that enough good moves on the defensive side combined with what we have established on the offense in the NFC East, unlike I would say for you guys in the North where it is, you know, 10 win minimum if you want to win that division. For us, I think you can be, you know, next year you can be a team that down the stretch, a handful of games left to play. If you're at 500 and you're pushing to go nine and seven, that's the way the NFC works a lot of years. You can get there at nine and seven and win a division. So that to me is where the Giants can turn this thing around quickly. And I would say, you know, next year, I, pushing to get fi- at 500 and probably the following year, really be looking at winning the division and trying to be competitive in the playoffs. Yeah, the short, the short answer for me is we, we've seen it. it. It's a blueprint that the Bears were trying to work through this year is having a young quarterback on a rookie contract is how you can really vault yourself into you know, a title status. So we need to get better, and it has to be while Daniel Jones is young. Um, you, know, you look at Trubisky, it, you know, if he progressed even slightly, like I think you said before, Zach, you know, even if he was commanding an offense that was in the top half of the league, you know, this team would probably be, you know, seven and three, eight and two, and really 
you know, looking to win the division. And I, I think that's where the Giants kind of sit right now is they have the talent on offense to, to be able to, to make plays. They need to shore up the offensive line. Adam and I are convinced they're taking an offensive tackle um, with one of the top five picks they get. So, you know, things can change pretty quickly. You see, you know, all, all the teams – uh, that flip over a lot in the NFL in terms of who can make the wild card or who wins the division. You know, they're in, in the NFC East, the, the only thing that was stable for you know, almost 10 to 12 years was that someone new was going to win it. So uh, they kind of went back and forth for almost the last 15 years. So the Giants can do it and they can do it pretty quickly. I think a little ambitious to, to be able to get to eight and eight, nine and seven next year, but that should be the goal knowing that Daniel Jones started as early as he did this year. Well, the one thing I will say, I don't have any other questions. The one thing I will say is, and, and I think Zach can kind of agree with this, it, man, with with teams that rebuild, you just never know. I mean, you really don't. Like you have – like the Bears, for example, were one of those teams. I mean, they were a five-win team. They fired John Fox. They had a big offseason. All of a sudden, they became a 12-win team. I mean, regardless of how you feel about how they got there last year, everybody has their different opinions on that, whether they're a flash and pan, whatever it is. I don't think anybody expected them to get to 12 and four. So I guess my point would be, while you may view eight or nine wins as lofty expectations for next year, maybe not overly realistic. I would give it the off season. And especially with the, cause that's, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with the, especially with the Pat Shermer thing. I, I, I do think that they could use a change of scenery at head coach, but I, man, when you're, when the team's in the middle of rebuilding, when things click, it clicks. And, and I, you know, at least for you guys, I, I truly hope that it's uh, more than a one year thing because it's, really not very fun to watch a team <laughs> suck and go through a rebuild and then have that one good year and you're finally feeling good and you're finally feeling optimistic and things kind of fall apart again but you just again especially if you got the right quarterback and I think Daniel Jones has looked pretty damn good as a rookie uh, I, I think with the right quarterback and some of the other pieces that the Giants already have in, on that roster in general I, I, I don't really think they're that far off and I don't think with the right off season, eight, eight, nine, and seven, even ten and six is really that lofty of expectations. But that's just my take, and just kind of coming from somebody that watched the Bears really suck and really rebuild for what felt like an eternity, and at least have one good season out of it. So, and you know what's even worse? Kind of before, quickly wrap this up here. Uh, it's even worse is like what Aaron's saying is like, yeah, we sucked in our John Fox and Don Loggins, and and you know we had uh, Mark Trespin those couple years. Like that sucks. That hurts. It hurts even worse when, like, you have to watch the team that you hate the most growing up, like have Brett Favre, and then go right to Aaron Rodgers. It's like – and we can't even get a guy that, like, to be stable and, like, help us win games at quarterback in pretty much our lifetime. And it's like we finally have a good season. It's like Trubisky's the guy. He, he's the one that's going to take us to the promised land. The Packers are not good at all last year. And now they're probably going to win the NFC North. And it's just like – oh, man, it's, it well, is so brutal. Well, you know, and I will say, it's like, you know, growing up as a Giants fan, you, you draft Eli Manning, you know, we've had a fantastic run of, you know, his end of his career hasn't been the greatest, but to maybe have identified our franchise quarterback as we hope in Daniel Jones, that's a luxury. And I don't think, sometimes I think Giants fans, especially in the New York, you know, kind of market, you fail to realize how hard it is to identify a franchise quarterback and be able to lock that player in and know that he's going to be there consistently year in and year out. So, and let alone, we haven't necessarily had those issues around our division uh, you know, now maybe it is uh, you look at, you know, Carson Wentz and Prescott, and maybe they are going to continue to establish themselves as being dominant. But we've been lucky enough to have a lot of turnover around our division as well. So stability at the quarterback position is, is easily the cornerstone. Um, 
as we as we turn in and try to dive on this game a little bit between two combined six win opponents here this Sunday, I will quickly say that if you are thinking about throwing a couple dollars down on this thing, why don't you head on over to mybookie.ag. You can go ahead and get all those betting lines for NFL, NBA, NHL, even the NCAA. Some some of other obscure options are out there as well. Uh, if you want to get in on it right now, my bookie will match your first deposit halfway all the way up to a thousand bucks. Means if you deposit two thousand dollars, you're gonna get an extra one thousand dollars in free money to play with. My goodness! Use the promo code Overtime O V E R T I M E to activate that offer. That's once again O V E R T I M E spelling Overtime to take advantage of my bookie's generous sign-up offer on mybookie.ag, where you play, you win, you get paid. Whoo! Burn through that. And as I look at this line here, fellas, we are coming into this one getting, we're getting six over on mybookie.ag as we, as we take on this matchup. Uh, what are your just, you know, initial thoughts coming into this game? Do you have any real concerns on the offensive side of the ball and what the Giants can do against your defense? Or do you think this is one of those opportunities for a defense that's maybe taking a little regression to kind of puff their chest out against a two and eight opponent? I I'm more confident the Bears defense putting up points and the Bears offense putting up points. Um, I thought the Bears defense actually played well against the Rams last week. There was you know a couple of mistakes here and there that maybe cost them some points. They they had some coverage issues with um, Eddie Jackson biting on a run fake on like third and eight, which was just really bad. Uh, other than that, I mean I think the Bears should win this game. I think six points is probably where I'd have it. You get the factor and you get the three for the home field, essentially, and then take that away, and it's pretty much a three-point spread. Um, I, I, it's, it's definitely a game the Bears should win. I don't know what to expect from the offense. Trubisky will play his practice in full the past two days. Um, hopefully this is a game that maybe he turns things around, but I feel like Aaron and I have been saying that every single week since you know the debacle in week one against Green Bay, and they only scored three points. Uh, I, I, kind of defense though for a struggling quarterback if you're you know uh Kirk Cousins yeah. this whole season around when he played when he played us in that game a handful of weeks ago yeah that, that is true um I don't know how much you guys have seen of Trubisky uh this year but I I don't know if I could count on it because the guy I don't know I didn't know what happened to him but um yeah I, I think this is a game the Bears are going to win I do think it'll be like one of those defensive games where they get the defense kind of puts their stamp on it maybe gets finds themselves in the end zone um, once and comes away with a couple t- uh, turnovers. Yeah, see, I think I think when you're looking at the Bears' offense versus Giants' defense, I think that's definitely where it's at. Now, the Lions' game was kind of the same for the Bears too, where the Lions, I think, had given up. I think every single game of the year, and I could be a little wrong on that, but I think it was at least most games of the year uh, with the Lions' defense had given up a you know 300-yard passer. Trubisky was not that guy. I don't even think he. I think he threw for right around 200 that game. So. Uh, not I, I, not even. Of, he had 107. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> and, I, and I guess that's my whole entire point. He had the three touchdowns. He looked better. That was probably his best game of the year. That says a lot. If that's his best game of the year, that that that's an issue. So I think, I think that's really the matchup, right? I I think you know, and Zach kind of touched on that. The other one I'll touch on is I, I'm very curious to see if the Bears can shut down Saquon Barkley because I think if there's been one issue on the Bears defense that has been continual since Akeem Hicks has been out it's been them against the run um, and I think that that is an area where the Giants can really exploit uh, the Bears defense and kind of open things up for Daniel Jones now I think at least me when I'm looking at the the, the, the spread here and you know the line I I don't know I, I'm not giving the Bears six in any game personally I, I just I think they're that unpredictable I think their offense is that bad to where 
I mean, if they if they win the game, it's like okay, well they they won, you know. But I I just I don't know. They're they're it's like I wrote about today. They're one of the most boring teams in the league right now, and unfortunately because of that and because of how bad their offense is, I don't think giving them six points is a given at all. I, I think it's going to be a closer game than most people expect. Uh, I think that the Bears should win it, but I also have thought the Bears should win multiple games this year, and they haven't. So, I mean, again, we're talking about a 2-8 team. We're talking about a 4-6 and six team. I don't really know, you know, even whoever wins this game. I mean, is there really any real winner in this? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's been our theme, I think, mo- mo- most weeks. has just been I think the bye week was we couldn't lose, and therefore it counted as a win for us. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just one of see, but the problem is at least see at least with the Giants though, if they lose, you know, the the first round pick gets better. With the Bears, if they lose, the Raiders' first round pick gets better. It doesn't, and that's kind of the thing I've told multiple fans is, uh, you know, when it, losing for the Bears doesn't actually benefit them, you know, because they don't have a third round pick either, and they have two second round picks, and one of those is the Raiders, so it's better at least from a cultural standpoint and just really an overall confidence standpoint moving into next year. If they, you know, trying to piece together some wins, it's just, unfortunately, it's very hard to see looking at them right now, how they're going to be able to consistently win games for the rest of the year, even against a team like the Giants, even, even against a team like the Lions who they play uh, next week as well. I mean, it's just, it's impossible to sit there and say, Oh yeah, that's, that's a for sure win on the schedule. And I think that's just kind of where the bears are at right now, uh, 10 games into the season. And I'll let, I'll let Andy dive in on his take. But, you know, going back to earlier, we talked about expectations for this team. It was the same thing. You look at games on the schedule. When you're a bad team, it's hard to look at a matchup against even the Dolphins and say, oh, yeah, that's a winnable game for us. Because, you know, inconsistency is what plagues bad teams. It's how you lose games late. It's why you can't get defensive stops or why you can't convert the key third down, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, for me in this one, I, I do, you know, six, interestingly enough, I think I, think I read the note that the Giants are 5-0 and in Chicago against the spread in the last five meetings there. So for, for, if you're out there betting, take that for what it's worth. For me, I, I, I tend to go with Aaron on this one. It's, it's going to be the Bears offense against the Giants defense. Can you have success? We're, we're porous. We have, Andy pointed this out our last podcast, we have two of the lowest rated uh, corners in Baker and in Haley. So, you know, there's, there's some matchups to be exposed. It may come down to whether or not Trubisky can just control himself and find the open receivers and not make, you know, the, the mistakes in the game. Uh, and then on the other side of it, we, we said this before in some games for us, Daniel Jones, one of the things I, I do like him long-term, uh, I, I'm sat, very happy with the pick overall, but he has had those fumble issues. And I think against a defense like this, this is where they can get after him a little bit, maybe find some strip fumble opportunities. And uh, I think Zach mentioned to get in the end zone on the defensive score. And that can really turn a tide in the game. Uh, I, I think I know where Andy's going to go with this, but I'll let you, you have any uh, little p- points or matchups you're watching there, Andy? Well, yeah, I, the, the short of it is six points is a lot of points in Vegas's mind when the over under in the game is 40, right? So they're not really expecting that many points to be scored yet. It's almost a touchdown uh, for the bears, which I find fascinating. Uh, it, it, it basically, basically what Vegas is saying is the first team to 20 wins and they're pretty confident that it's going to be the bears. And uh, it's interesting The giants are giving up 29, almost 30 points a game. Uh, you said before the, the bears are only scoring 17. You know, I don't need to reiterate what's been said before, but that's going to be a critic. That's obviously the critical matchup is which one is going to break. Are the giants going to, you know, look better defensively because of the struggles that, you know, Mitch Trubisky's had, or is Mitch going to kind of have his coming out show where everyone says, where has this been all year? Right. Um, 
you know, the, the question for me is whether or not the Giants can get to, to 17 points here. I think if the Giants can get over 20, there's a, you know, that's the legitimate chance for them to win the game. It means that they had to have moved the ball a little bit on offense. Um, so I actually think this is going to be a, a relatively competitive game. And I think it might coincidentally go over based on some of the different turnovers that happen and, and defense is kind of being able to make a, a big play that, that could turn into a pick six or a fumble six, as we like to say. Well, I mean, you heard it here first. I guess for, for Chicago Bears fans and New York football Giants fans, not a, not a ton of confidence coming from either side of this, I'd say. Uh, before we let you guys get out of here, I will say we'd love to be able to do a crossover. I think when you're two teams that are in the, the situations that we find ourselves, it's always nice to have a little bit of company in the misery. Uh, for anyone out there who is not already following you guys, at Bear Report uh, over on Twitter and uh, BearReport.com, anywhere else that you want to send the listeners or any final notes you have? Yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Um, the Bear Report at um, Bear Report on Twitter. You can read my work on Twitter. You can read Aaron's work on uh, – or not on Twitter, I'm sorry. You can read my work on the Bear Report. You can read Aaron's work on the Bear Report as well. Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL. I mean, that's I, I think Zach pretty well covered the rest of that pretty well. Fantastic, fellas. Well, again, I couldn't be any more appreciative. Hopefully – you know what? I'll say – for your sake, I hope that the Bears get the win on Sunday because you can't benefit from it. And another loss for us just moves us a little bit closer to being able to get that left tackle of the future. So we'll be looking forward to the matchup and getting after one another maybe on Twitter a little bit, some some low-level trash talking. Andy, uh, I think we did it. Uh, we absolutely did. And like we said, best of luck to you, gentlemen. Yeah. We actually do hope that Mitch uh, looks great and, and you guys get the win so that we can start the rebuild even further. <laughs> thanks guys uh it's so much better in this town when they win when they lose it just oh man it is brutal and how they've been losing this year it's it's just it's it's very very tough to you can you can hear it in your voice zach this has not yeah. been it's not been the year in, in the in the windy city as they say right yeah the bears the bears are chicago so, so when they lose it's like man it's it, it is just awful Oh, I, I, I hope you turn it around on Sunday. What is this Giants podcast come to? Thanks again, fellas. We'll, we'll catch up with you down the road. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. All right, so that wraps up a great crossover episode with Aaron and Zach from the Bear Report. Definitely head over to bearreport.com and follow them on Twitter at Bear Report. Um, just really cool guys, man. I'm glad that we got to do that. But we still have one last thing to finish off here, Andy, and that is, of course, providing our official picks for the, the big matchup this Sunday. Yes. And, and Adam, this one, this one's key. Uh, you know, I'm still leading technically right now in, in our, our, uh, yearly battle. So I don't know. Do you want me to go first and, and give you a chance or do you want to go first? You, you talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. You go, you go first. Let me collect my thoughts here. I'm, 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 I'm honing in now. This is going to be tight. I'm going to be very close on my prediction. People are going to be impressed with what I do this weekend. So you go ahead and take the first fall. Adam, I'm calling it. I, Are you going for Giants victory? I am calling for a New York Giant victory. Oh, that's so messed up. I, you know what it is? It, I'm trying to think of which unit is worse. Is the Bears offense and their struggles with Mitchell Trubisky worse than the Giants defense struggles with, with stopping anyone at any time? And I don't know what it is, but 
you know, looking at the line, I kind of said six is a lot. It just feels like a lot in a game that's going to be relatively low scoring. So for me, I immediately said to myself, well, I would take the Giants with the points. And then and I thought to myself, you know, if Daniel Jones can, can move the ball and, and, the, and the Bears defense, you know, as the, the Bears guys talked about, has not been getting the same type of pressure and hasn't been stopping the run. I mean, we have Saquon Barkley who can get the ball in space to, and, and make moves. So I am calling for one giant upset on this one, and I'm taking the New York Giants 20, the Chicago Bears 17. Mm. Now, my <laughs> if I were predicting this and not trying to win the season series, I had written it down on the paper. I made a little down arrow next to the 40 because I was going to take the under, and I, I was calling, I would say, objectively, a 21-17 uh, Giants victory would be where my heart would want to take things. But now, I obviously can't do that. I need to get back involved in our season series. And I also whoa, 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 whoa. So you yeah. mean to tell me, for our listeners, you're going to speak on one side, say, I would have taken a Giants win, and then take something else. So no matter what, you can be right. Is that, is that what's happening here? Well, just to be clear, I want people to know that I think the Giants can win this game. However... I'm comfortable with them losing because it means we can keep our draft pick right where we want it to be in that sweet spot. Top four, top three, making sure that it's our choice. Do we want Thomas? Do we go with Chase Young? Just, I want options on the table, buddy. So, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I'm talking out both sides of my face to make sure that I cover everybody here. Uh, I, listen, I, I honestly, I would go Giants. I, I do think Giants victory is very much feasible here. It comes down to, for me, how the offense can look against this defense for Chicago, you know, a defense that maybe hasn't been as strong as they, as they thought coming into the year or taking a little step back from a monster performance when they acquired Mac last season, I can see them getting after Daniel Jones in this one. And I can see our offensive line. You know, they said that Remmers has been practicing, but he has a back injury. I don't, I don't know yet about soldier with the concussion protocol. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts here. And then it's also about Saquon's health and how does he look? Because in that last game, uh, he struggled in blocking protection. It's even less about his running. He was having a hard time protecting and keeping players, you know, away from Daniel Jones. So that's a factor as well. I, I just have a lot of concerns around this defensive unit against our offensive unit. Also knowing that uh, Evan Ingram has an injury there with the ankle. He may not be playing as well this week. So a lot of things going on here. Um, I want the season series to get back locked up. I'm going to call for a Chicago Bears victory in this one. Based on a defensive touchdown, I'm going to go with a 24-17 to 17 win for the Chicago Bears. Talk about hedging your bets. Unbelievable. But I'm fully committed to that. I'm fully committed to the fact that the Bears will win 24-17 unless things break for the Giants and they win 21-17. Yeah, that's, that sounds but, about right. You know, yeah, if – if Sterling Shepard comes back and, and has a surprise start and if, uh, you know, Remmers is healthy and if Solder is okay and if Ingram. Yeah, I, I see where you're, where you're going. If DeAndre Baker has a shutdown game at corner, then the Giants will win. Right. It's not a big deal. That's going to do it for us on the One Giant Podcast. Uh, we may be coming to you over the weekend. Obviously, we're always on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at One Giant Podcast. If you're looking to enjoy yourself and continue to support the podcast, head it over to iTunes or wherever you get your uh, podcast and download, subscribe, rate, and review us. Those reviews are, are very important to us, so give us a nice big five-star if you're enjoying it, and leave us a glowing review. It means the most to us. Anything you want to tell the people, Andy? 
Yeah, the only thing that I was going to close with is the only thing I love more than a Giants win is getting another win past you in, in our season series column. So let's go Big Blue. You're a real son of a gun, buddy. Oh, and this has been One Giant Podcast. <laughs>